Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description of this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring this message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
Let's talk to him together. Heavenly Father, what we want today is for you to have your way in us. So God, just like the song we sang, we surrender. I surrender to you my agenda and my plans. I surrender to you my worries and my fears. God, I know that when, when I lead myself, I fail and I struggle. So God, I surrender all of that to you. We pray right now that you would come and you would meet with us because we want your way in our lives. We want your guidance, your protection, your blessings. We thank you so much that, that God, we can come before you right now because you sent Jesus to make a way for us. And we believe in your son, Jesus. We believe he's our savior. So I pray that you would meet with us right now, meet with us in this room, open our eyes to see you more to know you more, to understand your love for us more. God, have your way in us, we ask. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise today. Well, good morning, church. Why don't you turn to someone next to you before you sit down, tell them they're looking good today. We are so glad that you're here with us. I want to Welcome all of you that are joining with us online or listening at a later time. We thank you so much that you've taken the time to watch the service, and we want you to feel connected and at home with us wherever you're watching from. So, in fact, if you would like to reach out to us so we could talk to you, we would love to have that opportunity. You can text the word fellowship to 94000, that's the word fellowship to 94000, and um, we will reach out to you. That, that goes for everyone else in this room as well. If you consider yourself a guest or a visitor, we'd love the opportunity to get to talk to you. Um, so if you stop by our information, booth right in the lobby there. We've got some stuff we'd like to give you, a packet of information, help you get to know a little bit more about our church. Plus, we'd like to give you um, some free drinks from our bookstore just to thank you uh, for being here. We'd love the opportunity to get to meet with you. You're going to hear about a guest reception uh, that we have coming up here shortly um, so that uh, we can meet you face to face and um, our staff will be there uh, to be able to answer any questions and take you on tours of the facilities as well. But again, thank you. Uh, for being here. Now as a church family, we're going to continue worshiping our God with giving him our tithes and our offerings. And um, I'm just so thankful that God gives us opportunities to be blessed. And I think that uh, so many times we get it backwards whenever uh, we hear anyone out of church talk about giving money to God. We get it backwards like, oh, I have to do this. I, I, it, it, like it, there's this, you know, compulsion or, or like conviction or whatever that I feel like this is something I'm forced into. But the truth is when we read in scripture, when God asks us to give, he tells us, it's the only time in scripture he tells us to test him in this, to test him when it comes to bringing our uh, tenth of our income, our tithes to him. It says, see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you so much so that you won't even have enough room for it. So, so what is our giving to God? Our giving to God is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be blessed. It's, it's about, do I trust him, and can he trust me with the blessings he wants to give me? And I think so many times we think, well, if I, just, if I give, then he's going to give me more money. Well, you know what? That's one of the ways he can bless us. But some of us need blessings that are a lot bigger than just money. You know, when he says open, he'll open up the windows of heaven, what are we talking about? We're talking about vision, clarity, decision making, you know? Like, some of you, you need wisdom right now. You need some clarity. And, and he's saying, I, I give you an opportunity. 
Okay, right? Here's the opportunity to be blessed. Trust me. Trust me with your finances. So I want to pray for you right now that, that, that God would develop in you the faith and the trust to be able to put him first when it comes to your finances because he wants to bless us and I don't want any one of us, I don't want my family to miss out on the blessings that he has in store for us. So if you agree with that and you, um, you want to pray with me right now, let's just pray and thank him for those opportunities. Uh, Heavenly Father, you know our needs and we thank you that you always meet our needs and take care of us, but we thank you, God, as well that... You want to bless us more. You want to give us more vision and clarity and, and, and resources and whatever it is that you have in store for us. We don't want to miss out on it because of our lack of obedience, our lack of trust. So God, help us with that. Uh, each and every one of us, help us to trust you the way you want us to. And please bless us today. God bless our church. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we always want to keep you up to date on what is taking place uh, currently around Fellowship Church here. So take a look at this video and uh, hopefully you'll be inspired to get involved in more ways. Pastor Tim started his Three Kings Bible study this past week, and it is going amazing. And lucky for you, there is still time for you to sign up. You can get your book when you sign up on the Church Center app. It's only $18, and you don't have to have taken part one to jump into part two. So please sign up for this amazing course from Pastor Tim. Again, it's only $18. It's on Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Coming up on November 7th, we are doing a church-wide worship night. It is going to be something that you do not want to miss. There's not childcare provided, but bring your kids with you. It's a great time for them to see what worship is like in our big church, in big service. And you can do it as a family, which is so incredible. Doors open at 545. It's from 6 to 7. Please don't miss this. Bring everyone you know for an incredible night of worship here at Fellowship Church. We have a guest reception coming up on November 14th. This is an incredible way for you to meet some of our staff, get a tour of our building, and see what we have going on at Fellowship Church. Find what is interesting to you. Find a way to plug in and make this big church feel small to you. There's a continental breakfast that we'll provide for you. So just sign on to the Church Center app, tell us how many are coming, and don't miss this incredible opportunity to find out more about Fellowship Church. We have something so special for you this morning. Please enjoy this choir special.
Choir special was awesome, wasn't it? These guys just rock that. Well, I just got back from having COVID. Yeah. That's a fun little virus if you 
haven't gotten it. You know, I don't know that I've ever been sicker than I was with that particular virus. Man, and the weird symptoms. Gosh, oh, that, that is it's crazy. I, I had nausea for three weeks. Then I got pneumonia. It was just so much fun. And dropped 20 pounds. Like in a very, it's just a very short period of time. It was better than Jenny Craig. <laughs> and I had a, these meds. I had to go on these meds for my pneumonia that, that wouldn't allow me to sleep. And it's so much fun when you can't sleep when you're sick because you have so many more hours to enjoy your symptoms. <laughs> and if being sick isn't bad enough, the, these symptoms don't stop. They keep on. I have this rash on my face. It's still kind of there, but, and it changes colors. It's like a mood ring. I tell people like, <laughs> if it's black, don't talk to me. Stay away. And then if you've had COVID, you're totally gonna be able, be able to relate to me because after you're sick and people find out you had it, their question is always the same. Do you know what that question is? Do you have the vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? Don't answer this question. It's a trap. <laughs> Why? Because of the judgment you may receive regardless of your answer. If you, believe in, if you believe in the vaccine and say no, then I get this response. Well, you should have. Well, if you, if you would have gotten it, you might not have gotten sick or, or you wouldn't have had it as bad. Tim, don't be a part of the problem. If you don't believe in the vaccine and I say yes, then I get the response of, oh, you, you shouldn't have done that. Changed your DNA. You'll never have energy. Could be the mark of the beast. And I'm thinking, oh, great. I just get over being sick and now I'm damned to hell. So now I respond by just crying and saying, it's a HIPAA violation for me to respond to your question. <laughs> Mankind has always struggled with being judgmental. And the judgment kind of just changes through the years. I remember when I was a kid growing up, what I was judged for. I was judged in my church and from some of my friends because I went to school dances. I was judged because I went to movies. It was crazy because you couldn't go to the movies, but you could rent movies. Some of the crazy things that people think. And I, I got judged from the party scene at school because I didn't go to high school parties. So I got it from both sides. When I was little, I got judged for going roller skating. Now that's a tool of the devil. <laughs> Girls were judged on if they wore makeup, if they didn't wear a dress to church. One of the churches I went to judged you if you played cards. Now you could play cards with like Uno cards and Rook cards. You just couldn't play cards with poker cards, okay? You were judged if you drank any alcohol, but you could eat five gallons of ice cream in one setting. It was okay to do that. <laughs> of course, the right judged the left. The left judged the right. Now today, things have changed some. The right judges the left the left judges the right. You're judged if you watch Fox or CNN. Mask wearers judge non-mask wearers. Non-mask wearers judge mask wearers. We, we do this like crazy. We judge others driving 
because we are the best drivers, right? <laughs> we are the best. We judge each other on how we raise our kids. We judge each other on our appearance. We judge how we, are, we spend our money. The Bible says in Matthew chapter seven, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be uh, treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That's, that's pretty clear, a little scary. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend. Now, Jesus is great at painting pictures and he does this throughout scripture with the stories that he tells and, and trying to get across to, his, to us his message. And you think about how silly that is. You think about a man really walking around with a log in his eye, <laughs> trying to pick out the speck in yours. So Jesus does that for a purpose. He wants to show us that's not something we should do. But we usually don't allow that scripture to sink in. In fact, I've read that scripture before and said to myself, man, judgmental people really tick me off. <laughs> it really sunk in, Tim, where that was really good. And we've all played the game in justifying our own sins by saying things like, well, I may be bad, but at least I'm not like that person. At least I'm not as far down the road as they are because they really have a problem. What's that? That's judgment. We justify it, but it's judgment. And there's probably no other sin that hurts our relationship with God worse than, in, worse than this particular sin. And you go, why? You know, I thought that sins weren't really supposed to have like worse or better or, or, or like a, a kind of a line of this is the top sin, this is the low sin. This sin hurts God because we're judging his kids. When we judge, we judge his kids. Now, I don't know about you, but when I had kids, especially when they were younger, if anybody judged them, if anybody came down on them, especially if I thought it was unfairly, I didn't want to have anything to do with those people. I didn't want to hang out with them. I didn't want to be a part of them. I just wanted to avoid them. And we're just God's kids. It breaks his heart when we judge each other. Now, let's clarify a few things. First of all, judgment is not godly discernment. Discernment is a gift from God to protect us. And if God is telling you something about someone, you need to take it to heart, but you need to make sure it's from God. And then you need to ask him if you're supposed to share that with anyone. It is our job as Christians and brother, brothers and sisters, especially if, with people that are close to us. If they're struggling with something, if they're going through something, and God puts it upon our heart that we're supposed to try to help them or maybe, maybe call them out on it. I mean, we see that with Jonathan. Uh, we see that with Nathan and David in the Bible. Nathan calls David out because David wouldn't admit to what his struggle was. He wouldn't admit to the sin that he had in his life. And so we are supposed to do that. That's why we have small groups so we can hold each other accountable. That's all good. That's all discernment. But when it turns to judgment, that's when it gets scary. And if you're a manager or a business owner, you have to use godly discernment when we deal with people because God can see the heart of a person. And let's face it, there are people out there that God wants to protect us from. So how do we know then when judgment starts? 
How do we know the difference? Because the thing is, it can start with discernment, but then change to judgment. So we know judgment starts, number one, because we start judging when we presume we're the expert. And we're the expert on so many subjects. And we feel when somebody is wrong that we need to fix them. We need to straighten them out. If we could just have this conversation with them, things would be better. Their life would be so much better if they could hear our knowledge on the subject. We do that. But if we're not careful, we drive those people away because we're an expert on everything. Do you know that there's times when people don't want your opinion? They don't want your opinion. They don't need your opinion. Maybe they need your prayer. Maybe they need your, your support, but they don't need the judgment. Number two, we judge when we start thinking we're better than someone else. We say things in our mind like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not like them. They just weren't raised right. They just don't come from a good family. They're just not educated. If, if they just knew better, they wouldn't make these choices. Anytime we start to go down that road, we automatically go into judgment. Third, we judge anytime we want someone to fail or feel like their fail, uh, failure justifies us. Whew. Now, this is our principal scripture this morning, and I want to read it again, but I want to read it out of the message translation. The Bible says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Now, this scripture says that there is a critical spirit. There is a critical spirit, a demonic spirit, and his job is to make you judgmental. Now, demons are out there and they all uh, have different jobs and different specialties, all to fulfill the devil's, uh, his, own, uh, his own statement of, uh, of, of, of his mission statement, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. And a judgmental, critical spirit does just that. It divides, it destroys. And the devil loves to lock this, launch this spirit of judgment against us. And it affects our minds and it affects, it affects our thoughts to the point sometime where it just takes over our thoughts. And we, we actually celebrate when people that we don't agree with or maybe in the middle of judging fall or fail. We've seen this in the last couple of weeks just in our culture. Uh, and I don't know, you know where you stand with, with this particular actor. A lot of people don't like his politics. But what has happened to Alec Baldwin in the last couple of weeks? That was a tragedy. Somebody died. Somebody, another person almost died. And how people have jumped against him that don't agree with him, it falls into the scripture. You don't like him, so it makes you smile that he failed. And God doesn't like this. He doesn't like it when we celebrate others' failures. And as soon as we do, we know we're right in the middle of that demon of judgment. And you know, it's sinister. Like who does that, right? We've all done it. Number four, if you call people names, you're judging. You're summing that person up with one word, idiot, fool, liar, jerk. You don't even have to say it. If you think it, it's wrong because God can see our heart. Now, I, a few weeks ago, confessed that I had a slight issue with one of my neighbors and uh, didn't really like him. 
And, uh, and so uh, I was thinking the other day about the fact that I have judged him and I haven't had the right feelings towards him. And, and, and you know, we just did not start, up, start off on the right foot and then basically tripped along the road after that. But the first time I ever met him, I was in my garage and I was putting down the, the garage floor paint and I had music going and it was just out of a little speaker and you know I just wanted some music while I was putting this paint down. And I see him walking over and he walk, starts walking up my driveway and I'm thinking, oh cool, he's just gonna come over and welcome me to the neighborhood. This is gonna be cool. And so he gets into my garage And he puts his fingers in his ears and he goes, turn off that music. And I was like, oh, nay, nay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll turn it down, but I'm not turning it off. And that's how our relationship began. And we had a few other encounters, some involving music, some involving other things. Uh, our dog got out one day and, you know, instead of being a good neighbor and him bringing the dog back to us, he called the dog catcher, right? Doggy jail's expensive, super expensive. In fact, when I was in doggy jail, I looked at my dog and said, you're going to stay in here a few nights. <laughs> you're going to learn your lesson. But that cost us a lot of money. And I just, you know, more and more judgment starting to build up in me and I'm getting more and more upset with him and I'm having all these thoughts that aren't good thoughts. And I start thinking, how can I get back at him? What can I do? This is Pastor Tim, okay? Been a Christian forever. And I'm thinking, how could I get back? How could I get back at him? And he, he's super melancholy, this guy. And so I, and everything he does is perfect. Like his yard is perfect. His fence is perfect. So I'm thinking, you know what? If I just went and took two screws out of each slat of his fence, that'd drive him crazy. If I went and I like raked some of his gravel unevenly, dude, drive him nuts. But one day I'm in my uh, truck and I have my wife with me and I have my daughter and my uh, son-in-law and we're driving in front of his house and I see him there and I think, oh, perfect. So I roll my windows down and my family's like, what are you doing? And I turn my radio to classic rewind and I find some song, it's either by like Rat or Foreigner or Def Leppard and I crank that little stereo as loud as I possibly can And I slow to an almost grandma crawl right in front of his house. And I'm just stereo booming, truck shaking. My wife's going, Tim, stop it, move, keep going. And I look and I see him and he turns around and he scowls at me. And I laugh and I laugh. (laughs) That's funny. It's not right, but it's funny. And I want you to listen to everything else I tell you today, but that story, because it's wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I should have prayed for him. I should have known that there's, you know, something going on in his life that causes him to be angry and not fun to be around. And instead of picking at that, I should have done something about it in the spiritual. So I failed that test. And we all fail those tests from time to time. But if we're not careful, anytime, number five, anytime we criticize someone that is, and that criticism is used to reject for rejection or in judging them, that's also a very good sign that we're going down the wrong path. We don't want to do anything to a person that makes them feel 
rejected. And judgment follows very closely with rejection. Now, constructive criticism, it's different, but I don't even like to call it constructive criticism because the word criticism is in there. I like to call it teaching or instructing or coaching or evaluating. But that's another question we have to ask ourselves when we get in the middle of those situations is how do you know when an evaluation becomes a judgment? Well, when anger arises up in us and we have a hard time praying for that person, that's how we know. Judgment sees a person's flaws as permanent. Love sees someone's weaknesses and understands that they're in process. We're we're in process. We're all in process. So what we have to get better at is offering grace instead of judgment. How do we do that? Well, I think the first way is when we think about the person we think about that particular person and start to judge them, we choose to pray for them instead. This works. It totally works. There was a couple of people in my life that wasn't the neighbor, but somebody else I was struggling with. I I guess I got a lot of issues. And and this particular uh, couple, they, they, they monopolized my mind because I wanted to fix them so bad. And they, I would have, I, as, soon as, that, as soon as I would think of them, as soon as I would see them, I would start judging them. Like if they weren't doing this or if they were doing this and they're not doing this and, and it's just driving me nuts. And so finally the Lord, he wasn't not pleased with that. And it was, it was affecting my health. It was affecting my emotional health. And so the Lord just whispered to me, he's like, why don't you pray for them? Anytime you start to judge them, stop judging and pray for them. Well, that's a novel idea. And I did it and it worked to the point where I don't even think about them anymore. I don't even think about them anymore. Now you might go, well, why did that work? Like what, what, was, the, what was the magic in that? And you might go, well, it's because God told you to do it. And so he blessed you when you did and you stopped thinking about them. Well, I, absolutely. I mean, I think the Lord will do that for you. But remember earlier when I was talking to you about the fact that there's a spirit of judgment That spirit of judgment wants you to judge. And we have a mind and a will and emotions. And so the devil loves to put that spirit of judgment in our mind to where we will judge, which will cause division and all these other things. But when we start praying for the person that the demon has just caused us to think about, the demon doesn't want to tempt you anymore because he doesn't want you praying for that person. It changes the fight. Did you get that? That's huge. So if you don't want that critical spirit, that judgmental spirit in your life, you just start praying for those that he brings you to judge and he stops. It's so cool. Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Given you will receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's, that's huge. We don't wanna be judged harshly like we judge others. We want grace. So we need to stay as far away from that as possible. Secondly, start reading scriptures on grace. 
if we know that the only weapon we have against the enemy is the word of God, that's the sword of the spirit. Then, and if we struggle with this, then we need to start reading scriptures and praying scriptures that are the antithesis of judgment, which are grace. And there's great books in the bookstore that are, you know, book of promises and you can look up there, grace, and it'll have all kinds of scriptures in it. Uh, if you don't wanna do that, you can Google it. <laughs> we Google everything else. And if you Google scriptures in the Bible on grace, it'll just give you a whole slew of them. And when we start reading those scriptures on a daily basis, it cuts to the bone of the enemy to where they can't, they can't function because it's our sword, our weapon against them. Number three, remember how much grace we've been given. It's God's grace that saved us. And thank God we've been given grace instead of judgment. We don't deserve grace. (laughs) Oh, we've done a lot of bad stuff. But he doesn't bring judgment upon us. He brings grace. We've been forgiven so much. Ephesians 4.30 through 32 says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. I love that. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most in, intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't you, that is beautiful. So like we clean judgment up in our life. We start cleaning some of these things up in our life and the Holy Spirit fits in us better. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly as, and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. And then finally, number four, start your day with worship. Start your day with worship. When we worship our vessel, our body, our, our, our soul is filled with his fruits and his grace. And if we leave our home in the morning and we're filled with that, there's not any room for the bad stuff. Also, the enemy hates it when we worship because we're singing songs that are taken from scripture. We're listening and meditating on, on his words and music. And it's, it's extremely powerful. And it's so easy, especially now, you don't have to go buy eight tracks and tapes and CDs. Eight tracks. <laughs> hey, remember the eight track? Okay, this is funny. Remember, remember when you used to have to put your eight track in and it wouldn't read the track right and you have to put a knife or something or a piece of cardboard underneath it? To... Okay, four of you, thank you for the four who remember that. Now we have smartphones, now we have tablets, now we have all these ways to get this music into our lives. And, and with Spotify or Pandora, did you know that the church has its own uh, Spotify channel? It's called Sunday Morning Staples. Fellowship Church, Sunday Morning Staples has like two or 300 songs on it. And it's a wonderful way for us to fill up and worship on a daily basis. And, it, and it's free. If you have a Spotify account, that's free. Just get up in the morning and, and put some of that music on. I find out what the, what the choir special is. I've had that choir special in my house playing every morning for about two weeks because it's so powerful. It's a reminder of faith. It's a reminder that God will move mountains for you. The devil hates that. So we need to use worship. We need to use worship to make us just a better person. So I don't know where you are this morning, but as we leave, we have a few minutes. I wanna do some spiritual warfare prayers over us to get rid of the spirit of judgment. So go ahead and stand wherever you are. And uh, first thing I wanna do 
was I want us just to ask God for forgiveness for judging. So just take a moment. We're all guilty of it. We all mess up. So just ask him to forgive you. Now, the next thing I want us to do is forgive the person that we're judging. Forgive them for whatever they did, whatever perception of what they did that you may have. Now, I want you to pray for them. Take a second and pray for them. So Lord, forgive us. Forgive us where we messed up. We choose to forgive this person that we're judging. And Lord, we lift them up. Whatever they're going through, whatever, however the devil's messing with them, I pray in Jesus' name that you come into their life. You do a transforming work. Maybe they don't know you. I pray in Jesus' name that somehow, some way, they'd be introduced to you. Now I want us to speak to this spirit of judgment. Lord, if that spirit exists in our life, wherever it's hanging out, we pray as a church by the power of Jesus of Nazareth. You are called out of us. You are commanded away from us. We cast you away to the dry places in Jesus' name. Get out of our life. We don't want you anymore. When you try to make us judge, we're gonna pray. It's really useless that you would hang around us because we're gonna take what you meant for evil and we're gonna turn it to good. And Lord, we pray that as you cleanse us of that particular spirit, whatever it vacated within us, you would fill that with grace. You would loose grace in us where we would be more forgiving. We would be more loving. We would be more accepting. Lord, we want to be known as people in the future that were people of grace. We love you. We thank you. We pray that we would leave this place changed and better for you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. See you next weekend or Wednesday nights. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, 
I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.